The Tablet Show, Episode 18, with guest Atley Hunter, recorded live Friday, February 3rd, 2012. From the tabletshow.com, it's The Tablet Show. Conversations about developing software for tablets and other mobile devices with your hosts, Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. In this episode, Carl and Richard talk to Adley Hunter about Windows Phone 8. This episode of The Tablet Show is sponsored by Telerik, offering the best in developer tools and support. Online at telerik.com. And now, here are Carl and Richard. Thank you very much. Welcome to The Tablet Show. Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is a subsidiary of .NET Rocks. Indeed. Just about mobile. Tablets, mobile, HTML5, CSS, JavaScript, iPads, Androids, all that. What's up, Richard? I am having a great time. What can I tell you? You know, there's more tablets in my house. There's more phones in my house. The older daughter took my uh, my Samsung Focus. Oh, man. Over her iPhone. Wow. So good. I like it when 20-somethings are doing that sort of thing. That's good news to my mind. And my 16-year-old loves her focus. Yeah, yeah. They're good phones. You can't can't argue about that. Hey, man, before we get into Better No Framework, got to tell you, I've been working on this great new acoustic guitar analysis show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the pilot's going to be available soon, but it won't be published. Where I will give people access to it if they want it. But essentially, if you like high-end acoustic guitars, Martins, Taylors, Santa Cruz, Collings, like the really, you know, $5,000 and up kind of really good tone wood guitars. This sort of breaks down what makes them so good. And we not only play them in a sort of a controlled environment so you can compare them, but we show the spectral analysis too so that you can see what's different about each of the of the guitars that we play. Mm-hmm. So, and that'll be called uh, Acoustic Addicts. If you're interested in that kind of thing, just send me an email, carl at franklins.net. Better know framework. Time. Hit me. Shifting from acoustic guitars to boxing. The craziest theme song ever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And to boxing and unboxing in WinRT. Oh. Boxing's fairly easy, but unboxing may not be so easy. But don't fret, because windows.foundation.ireferenceofT is here for you. For property values that you want to set, you don't necessarily know what they're going to be. Right. And you want to unbox them when you access them. Okay. That's pretty much what it is. It's a I reference of T. I reference of T. I like that. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of documentation on it, but went searching through the conversations that are around it on the internet and found out from people who knows that that's what it's for. Awesome. Who's talking to us, man? Grabbed an email. Actually, I like this one because a little bit of everything here. This is from Chris Coote. Okay. And he says, Carl and Richard, I just finished listening to the Geek Out Electricity Show. Oh, yeah. And I'm catching up on the tablet show with Sean Wildermuth. I finally gave up and added the RSS feed directly to my WinPhone 7. Yeah, why not? Uh, manually. Because, yeah, it, for whatever reason, the show is still not showing up. I, yeah, we don't know. We've yeah, tried we everything. Yeah, we don't know. We have no control over that. The manual ad works. I've definitely done it now where you, if you do the manual ad... Uh, and we, you know, some of the listeners have helped us out with this and then go into the phone. You can do the direct subscribe. Then it's just like every other podcast. Show. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it after that. But some reason Zoom doesn't like us. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. The Zoom marketplace. I have to say, I tend to devote Saturday morning to NPR as well. Me too. There you go. Yeah. The rest of the week, I try to keep up on Donnet Rocks, Hansel Minutes, Tablet Show, some Channel 9 stuff, and one I thought you guys might enjoy, Star Talk Radio. Ooh, sounds awesome. Sounds astronomic. 
And that's StarTalkRadio.net. And that's Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, I know him. He's the NASA guy. Yeah, he's been on The Daily Show. He gets around. He's uh, out of the Northeast. Smart guy. I mean, a real genuine scientist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. An astronomer, not like us hacks. Right. Some good space stuff and occasionally runs parallel to some of your past Geek Out shows. Awesome. Speaking of Geek Out shows, and folks, if you're not listening to Geek Out shows, they're on .NET Rocks. You can use the tag Geek Out to get them. Uh, We've only done five so far. We're going to do some more. I'm glad to hear you're all going to continue to do the electricity theme. Are you going to do a show on nuclear reactors? I'll love that. One thing I'd love to see would be a Geek Out show on music or audio production. Will do. Yeah, you bet. Too many cool technologies and awesome interfaces out there. Auto-Tune, the Monome, and Lemur. Good. There's good, one good. interesting coincidence I'd like to point out. Both U2 and Hanselman have had a number of shows over the summer featuring the theme JavaScript as the new assembly language. <laughs> I wonder what was brewing out there leading to the announcement of JavaScript finding a new home in WinRT. Anyway, I work for a printing company. We're looking at experimenting with tablets for both shop floor and some line of business applications. And thankfully, our CIO is open to ideas and nothing's off the table yet. So I will be listening. That's from Chris Coot. And Chris... You're a systems architect, man. When you get those apps running, we want you on the show. Yep. Like, Come and talk to us about them. I've got a couple of shows coming that are case studies on tablets in the field, especially line of business, because we keep talking about it. I want to find people who are really doing it. So I've got a couple coming. I'd love to get yours when you guys are there, too. In the meantime, for encouragement, I'll send you a tablet show mug. And if you'd like a tablet show mug, write us an email, rocks at franklins.net. Uh, and now for my word in edgewise. <laughs> the the uh what I wanted to say was well in terms of uh us being in the know before build mm-hmm. no no we were we were not nobody was in the know that's why we devoted a whole show to what the heck do you think is going on here uh, if you remember the day before build but uh the I think that's just a, a matter of concurrent thinking that happens all the time in this. Uh, well, and there were some hints because yeah. you know Microsoft leading into build, uh, you know, Sonofsky got up and did that whole you know HTML5 is native thing at Mix, right, right. which everybody thought was a little weird. But you, you you know you got the hint that HTML5 was going to play a big role in Win8, and so needless to say that meant JavaScript was important. And yeah, well, we've done what we can do, and now you can see you JavaScript certainly got a new role entirely here. Yeah. It's good. It's good. All right, man. Let's get to our guest. Uh, he's been on the show before. Atlee Hunter is a solution architect and mobile developer with a focus on development process. He has over 15 years of development experience using a variety of technologies and enjoys creating innovative solutions to business problems. In addition to being a Microsoft Windows Phone MVP, Atlee develops for Android and has always believed that the more flexibility and experience across platforms and technologies one has, the better they are able to create the correct solution to any technical challenge. Always exhibiting a driving passion for technology and software development, Atlee enjoys sharing his experience with others on his blog, atleehunter.com, via Twitter, at Atlee Hunter. He's on LinkedIn and also in many person events. Welcome back, Atlee. Uh, it's good to be here. Thanks. And last time we talked to you about Android and iPhone, but this time, actually, I want to start with this whole Windows Phone 8 leak, because this is a big deal. I, and it just seems so well planned that I suspect it wasn't that, it was not really that much of a leak. If you don't know what we're talking about, just Google Windows Phone 8, and you'll yeah. see. Well, um, I am an MVP, so I'm under NDA, so I will talk as much as I can, but there'll be certain things that I won't be able to really discuss too too far. 
Sure, because the leak's kind of vague. It obviously came from a video yeah. uh, that they were circulating internally or to certain partners, and it sort of got out in the wild. But it's all good news. It seems like the big thing here is this idea that WinPhone 8 is very closely aligned to Windows 8, if right. not the same bloody kernel. Yeah, and completely compatible. Well, yeah, I mean, the appearance is like, I mean, I'm going by what I've what I've read in these uh, these articles, which is sort of where I'm going to try and keep my, my lines. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah. Uh, the uh, it does it does look like they're they're drawing a lot of correlations between the two operating systems, uh, at least in this article. Yeah, I didn't know. I've heard rumor of this that that the existing version of Windows seven seven point five is actually a single core kernel. Like that, the reason they're staying with one core is they really have to. But that, that this one will be the now multi core support and plus getting in all that crazy connect stuff. Yeah. Like actually motion sensing in your phone. And Gadget talks about uh, Windows Phone 8 being dual core, Skype integration, and near field. Uh, all are in there. That's really nice. That's very tabletish. Yeah, all that stuff sounds uh, really, really sexy and uh, sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun for developers if that's where uh, they end up going with all of it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's a few things there that uh, that I think are are really great ideas, but there's there's other ones that I you know, from a developer pr- perspective, they're you know they're talking about different uh, resolutions. Uh, it's not Uh-oh. something something other developers are, I'm sure are not going to be super excited about. Yeah, that's right. Uh, something like five different models of of uh, screen size or something. I think the I think the article here says four. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Well. But, you know, one of the problems is you get these ability 4.3-inch screens now, and the tiles are too big. Like, really? I, I'm, I've got the, the 800, which is 3.7, and I think that's the right size for the tile. But then when I held the 900, this is the Nokia phone, like, wow, those are big tiles. Like, I'd like a higher-resolution screen. So let me read down the list of uh, features that have leaked here, or, you know, have supposedly leaked. Support for dual cores. Support for four different resolutions is at least said, though no specifics were given. NFC, that's near field uh, communication support added, including payment and content sharing with Windows Phone 8 and Windows 8 machines. Carrier control and branding of wallet element is possible via SIM or phone hardware. So an electronic wallet, you'd be able to pay for things just by pressing buttons or near field or whatever. Uh, Micro SD support added for expandable storage. Transitions to core components from desktop, including kernel, network stack, security components, and media support. Simplified porting of desktop apps to mobile. And this is interesting. Zoom desktop integration scrapped in favor of new unnamed syncing app. A deeper SkyDrive integration, including the ability to sync data such as music collections. Xbox companion app will get Windows 8 partner client. Native code support, simplified porting from Android and iOS. I'm interested to know what that's all about. App-to-app communication and integration. The Skype client with deep OS hooks that will make it almost identical to placing standard voice calls. Love it, love it, love it. Camera app now supports lenses, which allow third parties to skin and add features to camera interface. Data smart tracks and reports usage via app and live tile. Gives preferential treatment to Wi-Fi. That's good. Can automatically connect to carrier-owned hotspots. That's sort of... We'll talk about that. Remind me about that. Proxy server will compress websites in IE 10 up to 30%. Native BitLocker encryption and support for proprietary custom-built apps to be deployed behind company firewalls. 
The uh, preferential treatment to Wi-Fi, um, that's something uh, from Windows 8, isn't it? That uh, that looks at your Wi-Fi connections and based on which one is fastest, it switches. Isn't that true? I think I think yes, that is. But I'm not sure are they are they planning on preferential treatment for Wi-Fi? Are they reading it as uh, if Wi-Fi is available, use that instead of data plan? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was doing that already. Yeah, I know Windows 8 tablets are the, the Windows 8 operating system did that, but uh, yeah. I'm not sure what was going on. What's going on here? That's all they say. Yeah, I don't know if they're if they're planning on swapping like individual actual Wi-Fi connections or not. That that would actually be pretty cool. That would be, and, and that sounds cooler than just the idea that they're going to choose Wi-Fi over 3G. Yeah, mm-hmm. I you know, let's talk a little bit about the resolution thing. Like, what is that going to mean for developers, Adley? Well, for developers, uh, depending on how they do the resolution thing. Uh, depending on if they change the ratio, the big the big thing is whether they change the ratio or not. Right. Is how how uh, controls are set and how how objects are set on the screen. Uh, that will have a big big play. I mean, one of the big problems that I had with Windows Mobile uh, was the fact that there were almost square resolutions, then there were rectangular resolutions, and uh, mm. that causes a big challenge for developers when they're trying to lay out their UI. Yes, it does. Their whole goal was to keep this simple, and it's going to make it a little more complicated. Uh, it could. It depends on. It depends on if. First of all, it depends on if this is what they do, and uh, secondly, it depends on if it is what they do. Whether they just make it so that it's the same ratio, uh, but just maybe, like you said, a higher a higher uh, dot dot count. Yeah. Like right? if we if we got a really high resolution screen stuck into a you know four point three or heaven forbid that what is the Titan two four point seven? Yeah. So there ought to be a room enough for a third row of tiles. Well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I've got a, I've got the Focus S, and and I will definitely agree with you on a, on the four point three inch screen. Those tiles look rather large. Hmm. Well, and I'm concerned about that size in general, just because uh, I can't tell you how many times I'm using my phone single handed, and the reach of my thumb is only so great. I can't get to the far side of the screen with my thumb single handed. Hmm. And that and that actually goes right against what they're they, what they were talking about in their original um, uh, item of. Uh, of usability and gestures mm-hmm. is is having making sure that we understood this is the range of gesture, this is the range of movement, and now the hardware manufacturers have made phones that make some of that not really applicable. Right, because bigger is better mindsets just keep driving up the size of these things. Although mm-hmm. I do think I held the Titan two when we were at CES, and it mm-hmm. was absurd. Right. I held a Note the other day, and I don't want to use it. Well, the note, yeah, the note's a funny creature, isn't it? Because it's not even being pitched as a phone. It's just, it's being pitched as a mini tablet. There were lots of folks playing with this, the Samsung note at CES. Like it had a good buzz around it, but it, yeah, you know, somebody said to me off the back of when I was playing with this, you know what that thing looks like? It looks like a Newton. Exactly. Tell me about this note. I don't, I don't know what that is. So this is the Samsung note and it's, I guess, what's about six inch? No, it's five inch. It's a five inch diagonal, I believe. It's just, it's too small for a tablet, too big for a phone. Yeah, there's a 5.3 inch screen. It was really sort of in between. It had a really nice touch surface, did have a stylish. It was really about drawing, like taking notes, that kind of thinking. It's just, hmm. I applaud Samsung for taking the chance on seeing what happens when you go in between. I mean, this is an area that Steve Jobs said we would never go and, and, and so on. So they've tried it. They got a good buzz around it. I just don't know that anybody's going to buy it. I just don't know the practical need. Yeah. So this yeah. is halfway between a phone and a tablet? Yeah. Sort of like a Kindle Fire, maybe? Yeah, except the Kindle Fire is bigger, right? Okay. A Kindle Fire is really like a, is a tablet. It's just a little lightweight. Huh. 
But this this time it's uh, they've all got 3G. They're really talking about it. it's all LTE, okay. right? The, uh, the hip new super fast uh, cellular broadband. But it's you know it's more once you get to a certain size, it's a tablet. It's just now it's too small to be a tablet. I I don't know what's going to happen with it. Five point three inch screen. Yeah. Yeah, looks like people are complaining about its size being too big, which is weird. Well, too big if you want to use it as a phone and too small if you want to use it as a tablet. Yeah. So, you know, they, they're taking a chance with it. Richard, did you ever see the uh, the HTC Advantage? Advantage? The HTC Advantage. It was uh, back in the Windows Mobile days, and it was a thick, almost look a, like a little um, Arcos tablet. Oh, Archos, but yeah. It was, a li- it was a little bit smaller than the Archos. But um, it was an actual phone, and I had one of them, and uh, it was quite funny. We used to call it the brick, yeah, because it was it was like holding a book in your hand to talk to, and it was very awkward and very hard to use. <laughs> now this is basically a thinner version of that, but going forward, it's actually the perfect size for a piece of software that my company's trying to work on and build. So it would be the perfect size for a particular field job, but it's going to be one of those things. It's a it's a it's a very small vertical, I think. Yeah, and it, you know the interesting point is if you get away from ever putting it up to your head because you're just using Bluetooth now anyway. You know we're starting to just think about how we handle our mobile device differently. You know, do we really want to carry a phone and a tablet, or can we create a hybrid that we're happy with? If I never have to put it up to my head, if I can just use my Bluetooth and even answer the phone that way and just carry it around in my pocket, and then occasionally I pull up the screen to actually do something, it almost makes sense. At least somebody's taken a, you know, somebody with deep pockets like Samsung is taking a chance to say, let's see if people want this actually. But I, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I can definitely see that model where we get we get away from uh, away from the phone next to our ear uh, model because yep. it doesn't really make much sense to have uh, a phone next to your head because the, the number of times where I've had my phone and I'm actually making a on a call and I've got to look something up and it's on my phone. Yeah. So it just it with these devices and the amount of information that we carry on them and what we use them for, it yeah. really doesn't make much sense to hold them to our heads anymore. Well, at least it doesn't drop the call when you you know go and do other things to look up those numbers and data that you need to. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That could be exactly. worse. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Should we talk a little bit about NFC because it's gone around a few times? I don't yeah. know that it's necessarily shown up on the in the Microsoft space much. I mean, this is the idea of of. Basically, your phone is now the credit card. Yeah, it's the idea that uh, two phones that are close to each other, you know, sort of Bluetooth-ish, but easier to to communicate. Um, near-field communication just means that when you're close to something, you can communicate with it easily. But the emphasis was on the wallet part. Yes, that's true. The carrier tie-in gives me a chill. Because up here in Canada, Rogers, <laughs> which is basically our equivalent of AT&T, with basically the same relationship with their customers, yeah. has applied to be a bank. <laughs> has applied to be a bank? Yes. Oh God! Because if they're going to do this wallet thing, you know, you and you heard them in in the in the in gadget description there, they're going to do this wallet thing branded with carriers. I'm going to have to, you know, use Rogers as my bank, I mean, they're, or as a credit card to use my phone to do purchases. And and I would not put that past Rogers. Definitely, no. I'm, I'm familiar with them as well. And that just seems their their type of business model. They're, oh, yeah. they're more than happy to tie things right together. Ouch. Um, now, while I'm really excited to see near field communications, I think it's a, actually a really it opens up a lot of really interesting uh, use cases and a lot of really interesting ideas for for possible applications and communication between devices. Um, it also opens up 
scenarios where you've got to protect your device now against something you didn't have to worry about before. That's right. Right. Eavesdropping right. or relays, uh, relay attacks or, or just somebody picking it up and walking away with it. I mean, that, that, there's always been that, there's even that issue with a wallet for crying out loud. And that was one uh, nice, uh, rebuttal I heard when we were talking about e-wallets on NPR was that, you know, your wallet itself is a security risk if somebody sure. just picks it up and walks away with it. The difference is that with a wallet, you can call the credit card companies and shut the credit cards down with a phone. It's, it may be too late. Well, it's the same problem. You still got to call. Do you lose your phone? You got to cancel the account too. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's another process. Well, and it's also open ended as to what's in there. And what's what they can do with it by picking it up and using it? Yeah, but one big advantage you'd have with a Windows Phone wallet would be uh, I could actually go to the web and find out where my wallet went to. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Watch it walk down the street. That's very true. Well, I can't do that with my actual wallet, but I mean the phone itself. I've actually we've played around with it, and it works pretty well. That's you can cool. tell within a few feet of where where your actual phone is. It's actually pretty surprising. You know, I suppose it would be really cool to install some great software that just sort of tricked the the thief into thinking that uh, that they were in the clear, but all the time you were watching them. Sure. Yeah. There was software to do that on, on laptops where they ended up being able to take over the camera on the laptop and actually see the thief using the laptop. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. That's hilarious. I do love that. <laughs> I love reading those stories. You know, the thing is, is that you got you to gotta be able to use the camera without turning on the light that says you're using the camera. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like, oh, nice little blinky light. Hey, what's going on here? Yeah, my laptop actually doesn't have the little blinky light, so I never know if someone's watching me or not. Ah, very nice. <laughs> nice. This portion of the Tablet Show is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik. Hey, can you ever have too many free tools to complement your development skills? I didn't think so. So our friends at Telerik are giving you now more than 30 free products for application development, automated testing, agile project management, and content management. And we're talking free-free. Not a trial, not a demo, but free, complete products supported by a community of over 440,000 developers at Telerik Forums. From free ASP.NET AJAX, ASP.NET MVC, and Silverlight controls to the free ORM solution and automated testing framework, to free agile management tools and content management systems. All of these and more are available to you for immediate download at Telerik.com slash free stuff. Most of the free products can be used for commercial purposes and give you access to supplemental support resources such as documentation and forms. Go to Telerik.com slash free stuff now and take full advantage of the available free of charge products. And don't forget to thank them for supporting the Tablet Show. So now I know why Microsoft bought Skype. <laughs> well, you you had to expect that it eventually was going to come to the phone. I mean, I don't know if this this leak is actually true and whether that's how they're going to present it or that's how it's going to be put out. But uh, um, regardless, I mean, Skype on the phone is a great thing. I, I would be very, very for it. Yeah, but I kind of think the carriers are going to freak out about this. This is exactly what they've been fighting against forever. Because it uses too much data? Well, and because it actually eliminates the need for a cellular network at all. Yeah. 
You know, as soon as you stop making phone calls over the cellular network and you're making them over Wi-Fi, you start wondering, why am I paying for cell service when I can get Wi-Fi everywhere? I don't know, because you can't get Wi-Fi everywhere. That's the thing. When you're when you're traveling, when you're, um, you know, we could not have used Wi-Fi on the road trip, for example. No. Well, we did use Wi-Fi on the road trip. It was just connected to a cellular network. It was a 75 <laughs> mile an hour Wi-Fi node. That's true. We did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, all the way across America, you know, tweeting. Right across and, America, the fastest moving Wi-Fi node ever. That's awesome. There's Wi-Fi here. No, there isn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it goes. Where was that from? Uh, you know, and the other side of that is, the you know, as soon as the carrier stops being uh, sort of value add, those different services, and just sells you bandwidth, they go the way of the ISP. Yeah. yeah. Right? Lowest price wins. I think that's what the yeah. carriers are really frightened of. Do not commoditize us. We have unique offerings. Look, we sell the HTC some other weird super superlative. Right. right? Like they're doing everything they can to keep themselves the brand, right? Rather than just being the bandwidth provider. Well, you know, in the end, the consumer wins. So that's good. Maybe. I think I'm just worried about um, seeing things like that and near field communication and other features possibly being. Um, Basically, banded by the by the carriers, where yeah. you'll get you'll get the phone and you'll get Windows Phone eight, but three of the nine new features are actually stripped out and you can't access them because you're with Rogers or with Bell or with AT and T or T Mobile. The data smart feature, speaking of carriers, is a, a thing. Is if there's anything I've been envious of the Android guys for, is that Android guys know exactly how many bytes they've moved over the data network over their wi-fi networks and all that stuff and, and phone seven we just don't know you find out when the bill arrives yeah and I, i've had a lot of people ask me about that and it seems to be something that the users are really really uh well they're really concerned with and rightly so i mean you don't want to go through the whole month and at the end of the month go oh my god i owe how much yeah right <laughs> Well, and I also honestly don't trust my carrier enough to tell me the real data. I like my device telling me how much data it's moved. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's one thing about Windows Phone that's always been true. It's always been enter enterprise friendly. And this is no exception, it's especially this last feature on the list here, support for proprietary custom-built apps to be deployed behind company firewalls. That's awesome. You know, that, that, that's just, that just clinches it for, you know, for the enterprise. That's just one. Feature. Well, you know, that's a feature that existed in Windows Mobile 6 and 6.5 and has never existed in 7. But now we can, you know, have that, that fast, fluid experience and still do that stuff. It's great. Regardless of how they do it, they're going to have to do the, the, uh, the, custom, the custom business app install somehow. Yeah. I mean, whether they do it through a private market like uh, I think iOS is doing and, uh, or they do it this way. I mean... I think that it's definitely something that has to be done. I think it's something that's actually crippling the platform right now. Yeah. Well, it's just, I know folks that are keeping their users on 6.5 because they have feature requirements that, that can't be replaced by 7 and their, and their users are not happy. Yeah. And I know people like that as well. I've got people that call me regularly and say, so is it available now? So yeah. as soon as Mango came out or sorry, Windows Phone 7.5 came out, um, I had people call me up. The next week. Oh, so is that available yet? Not yet. Mm. So, I mean, if it comes out with eight, then uh, then there's going to be a whole bunch of really happy companies out there. Yeah, it seems like this will be the one. And I, I see the key things. So stuff like BitLocker, uh, you know, the, the Secure Boot, the 
I see I saw online folks getting real excited when they said the word active sync saying, "Oh boy, active sync's coming back," but I don't think that's what this is. No. Exchange active sync policy <laughs> is a different thing from the active sync that connects to Outlook, and I'm sure the active sync for Outlook is never coming back. I think I think that I wouldn't necessarily want active sync to come back. No, yeah, and, you know, just because they recycle names doesn't mean look at <laughs> look at Link for Christ's sake. Oh yeah, <laughs> how many ver- different versions of that spelling and product have we had? I do think active sync's in the lead. I'm pretty sure four different products have had the term active sync associated with yeah. it. Yeah, it's cr- it's terrible, right? Like just mind boggling, but. Who wants to sync to Outlook anymore? They've, the phone's got direct connects to Gmail and Hotmail and, and, you know, all the different places you'd get mail. Yeah. The thing is, I think that the bigger thing is, is that uh, from what I've seen is people don't want to share all of their contacts, contact information with Gmail or Hotmail or any of these others. They want to have their private information about their contacts and the, the people that they access, especially client lists. Yeah. They want to have those locally, either in their Exchange server, and if their Exchange server is not giving them access to the phone, then they want to be able to sync directly from their Outlook. Yeah, and the, and the big thing there is wanting to have the phone work right is not a good enough reason to run your own Exchange server. Exactly. And, I mean, you'll have smaller businesses that aren't running Exchange server because it just doesn't make sense for them. So they're running their email client or their email servers being run by a third party somewhere out there, and they don't want their client list out there. They want their client list locally on their machines. They want to be able to access them on their phones. So I think that if they do do something like that, then that will give those people an option. Uh, but I'm just wondering how big of a chunk of the uh, of the public that makes up anymore. Yeah, taking it away for long enough, I think, is pretty much help people realize they don't miss it all that much and they won't necessarily want to go back. It's, I certainly don't miss ActiveSync. To my machine that was terrifying and horrifying well i just hated the concept of like i'm so happy with the concept of being able to just say you know what my dad is updated wherever i am and forgetting going ah oh, crap i had i put him on my outlook and i didn't sync it to my phone so no i don't have his number with me crap yeah you forgot yeah exactly and that's that's the worst but you know that also walks us into the SkyDrive integration because i SkyDrive's not that good in mango at this point yeah, I'm not as happy with it as I thought. I was hoping I'd be. Um, I think that they could do a lot more with it. I think there's so much more that actually could be done with it. Um, and uh, I mean, they're getting there, but it's it's like it's like so much in this space. This is a pretty. This is still surprisingly, even though Microsoft's been in the space for what ten years, eleven years. Yeah. Um, it's still surprisingly new, uh, and they're still building it. Yeah, it's the reset was a real reset. They've started over. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and I mean, to their credit. That takes an awful lot to drop all of that knowledge and, and basically just say, okay, you know what? We're not going to look over there. We're going to go from here. And that's, that's, uh, that's difficult to do. One of my favorite Freakonomics episodes, which by the way is a great podcast and book, uh, is knowing when to quit, you know, strategic quitting. Turns right. out it's yeah. harder than you think. And yeah. bigger, a bigger mistake in not quitting can be made and usually often is made than knowing what to start. When when does making it work become beating a dead horse? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Definitely. There's so many better things you could be doing. You know, the part of the SkyDrive thing that frustrates me is, and this, I think we've had this conversation offline, Atlee, is the phone's got unbelievably good office support, and yes. but you really don't get to use it much. Like if SkyDrive, if all that was working the way it was supposed to, you'd just be accessing your your office files because you can edit Word documents on that bloody phone. It's not fun, but it's possible. 
And you know what? I wish they would actually make Excel open as quick on the desktop now as it opens on my phone. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is rocket fast with the exact same files on my phone, and then I wait for it to chug to life on my desktop. <laughs> that is interesting. Why is that? Why does that happen? The, the thing I have never tried, but is you know sort of on my radar, is how could I actually show up? at a venue with a PowerPoint presentation on my phone that I could edit on my phone and then display from my phone. Yeah, that would be a wonderful thing. Yeah, I don't think there's a feature we haven't added in is HDMI support out of our phone. So we could actually use that as the, the projection source or maybe the wireless uh, projector stuff, which I don't know that it actually ever worked. One thing I'm really hoping that they will come out with the new spec for the new phone would be an actual new hardware spec for any new phones being built and have the USB or the connector port always put in the same spot. <laughs> Is that bothering you? <laughs> it does. And the reason why, there's a couple of reasons why. I think one of the big problems is, is that it's so hard for third parties to build accessories for the phone because they don't know where the hell they're going to attach. Right. Well, you're never going to get that cradle effect that iPhone does so well. And that's stopping, you know, the speaker systems and the stereos and the attachments and everything else. And I mean, I've got, I've got a really, really nice, uh, stereo at home that I plug a headset into and then, uh, plug my phone into it. And it's kind of, you know, a 1990s solution. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the question is, should it be physical? Shouldn't we just be able to, because there's Bluetooth, uh, headphones and Bluetooth speaker sets. That's true. But I mean, the batteries are still not quite there yet. That's yeah. still our, our weakest point all the way across. These things are getting so powerful and so useful, and I use it so much that the battery's just not making it yet. You know, one of the things I saw at CES, and I still can't get my head around why this isn't shipping in, in significant numbers, is this wireless recharging plates. This is your Bluetooth speakers, but on it is a plate that'll actually recharge your phone. You just put your phone down on it. Yeah, and that would be an ideal situation. That'd be a great dual solution to you know to two different problems that 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 are definitely needed. Yeah, this, this seems obvious. And what it takes is somebody having enough nerve in HTC or Samsung, somebody to build a phone that uses wireless recharging exclusively. Yeah, and, and it comes with the re wireless recharging solution with it. And you go, here you go. You do not open your phone to do this. You have one that you mount in the car that basically you put it in the car and it. Charges it wirelessly while it's while it's in its cradle. Right. See, we should be designing phones, but that means I eliminate <laughs> the USB plug entirely. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, and I'm fine with that. If we come up with the right solutions, I'm fine with getting rid of a few more wires in my house. Oh yeah, I would get rid of all of them if I could. So the, I like the the whole idea of the uh, the Xbox integration too. You know, just sort of making it the truly three screen uh, experience. When you're totally right, this is another part that I think Microsoft is not taking advantage of, that that Xbox feature is awesomely good, and they just don't seem to talk about it. I, I find that I find that that's a, uh, the biggest problem I've seen with this whole platform all the way along is, is Microsoft's got a great product, and for some reason, they just don't know how to talk about it. They just don't know how to tell the story. I mean, uh, Siri comes out, and everybody flips out about stuff that, for the most part, the phone was doing when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but you never heard about it. You no. never heard about it. You never saw it. You never heard anything about it. I mean, it, it drives me a little nuts when I show these things to people and they're like, Oh my God, really? When did that start doing that? I said, when I bought it a year and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Nokia has now got this phone, the, the 710 mm -hmm. that Walmart is selling in, 
with a T-Mobile two-year contract for zero dollars. What? That's fantastic, yeah. You just take on the two-year contract, they'll give you the phone. And the 710 is the same processor uh, as the, the 800. It's a, it's, so it's got lots of horsepower. Oh, I got to go You know the screen rush is the cheaper screen, cheaper case. So this is the idea I threw at Nokia. Tell me if you guys don't like this. Make a Halo phone. Make it look mm, like yeah. Halo. Because this is the 14-year-old boy's phone, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, definitely. If the price is right, you make it look like Halo. If you really want to knock it out of the park, you build a special Halo game in the Xbox game You said this before, the phone. where you need to use the phone to play the game. Yeah, you. well, I think you have a special game in, in there, but it ties into your account, and when you win the game in the phone, you get a special weapon in the regular Halo game. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Like you have, you're basically your achievements in the phone actually free up new weapons and new options in the Xbox game. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Every 14 year old boy in the world would want this phone. Exactly. Hell, I'd want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They really have got some, if you've not played in the Xbox game side of the phone, like you have no idea just how great that is. It works really well. There's a lot in there. It's amazing. And again, it's like you, like I said before, it's just one of the things that they're just not talking enough about. Yeah. It's just, it's such a fantastic feature. The games are stunning. Yeah. And it, it, NFC or the, you know, the whole app to app stuff in, in coming in Apollo in the Win 8 version, the Phone 8 version would take it up a notch. Then we'd play together. Well, I mean, yeah, if they, if they do that and you're able to play, you know, several people in a room and do basically a wireless LAN party. Yeah, on That'll the fly. That'll be insane. You, you'd, see, you'd see clumps of kids in high schools, in the hall, yep. in the cafeteria, outside. All on their phones. Yeah, all on their phones. Playing phone. their brains out. And still tied into their Xbox account, you know, yep. with their gold account. Same set of achievements. Yeah. All that stuff works the same. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that would be fantastic. That'd Very be- profound stuff. Yeah, definitely. I want to dig into one more thing, and I think we're sort of running out of steam here, which is I still think that cameras on phones are a joke. But Nokia seems the closest. The Lumia 800 is the first phone where, once I got it set up right, that thing takes flipping great pictures. Mm. It's got a Carl Zeiss lens on it. It's 8 megapixels, which is more than enough. But we do need some technological advancement in camera technology to just make this thing better. I think I think the biggest problem that I'm finding because I've got the I've got the Focus S and I also have the Focus and I have uh, the Mazza as well, and all of them seem to have a big problem with coordinating how much light the lens needs, yeah, and when it needs the light, and so you end up taking the worst possible pictures unless the light is fantastic when you started. The thing is, this is known science. So one of the problems I have with my Lumia phone is by default it's in macro mode. <laughs> yeah. the camera's in macro mode so as soon as i go to take a picture of you it looks terrible you know yeah. if i take a picture of food looks great you turn off the macro mode it goes away and i'm like wait a second this phone knows where i'm pointing it why aren't they just switching it automatically even if you warn me you're gonna switch it just do it yeah like this is known science canon pentax these people have solved this problem like why aren't we just using their software make a deal and this is on devices that are much less powerful than what these phones are. I mean, these sure. phones could easily do this. Richard, is the Lumia 900 available now? Uh, they're just starting, as the time we recorded this, which is what, February 3rd? Yeah. I saw the first announcements for uh, advanced orders through the Microsoft Store. 
Okay. So that's just beginning, but it's, it, it's supposed to be first quarter of 2012. And it's an AT&T exclusive, yeah. apparently. Right. You'll have to, you get it through AT&T and it, the, the big thing is it's LTE. But it's a beautiful phone. It is gorgeous. And it's a, it's a faster network, isn't it? Well, that's the whole thing with LTE is in the cities where it is. And this is why I'm not excited about it because it would not be in Vancouver. Hmm. Uh, it is very fast uh, connectivity. And you have to determine if LTE is available in your area. Yep. Now, of course, it doesn't. If it doesn't have LTE, it'll go back to 3G. But they're literally different chipsets and different antennas, so you know it, it'll just switch over to the other service. Okay. You know, it was one of the things I learned talking to some of those Nokia guys, Atlee, that you'd appreciate is like the positioning on that USB plug has more to do with getting around all the antennas inside the phone. Oh, no, I could totally understand that because putting something in the USB port automatically gives you an antenna on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> and it's incredibly, you know, we don't, it doesn't occur to us, but when you actually dig into these phones, each one of those different services, you know, Edge, GPRS, HDSPA, like all those different Wi-Fi, they're each different antennas. So the yeah. typically, typically these modern phones, they got five, six antennas in them. Oh, yeah. They're like little satellite dishes. <laughs> so just tell us a little bit about, because this is the first time I've really heard about it um, or talked about it, uh, 4G and 4G LTE. It looks like LTE is in major cities, but what, what's the speed of that? Uh, of course, your mileage will vary, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the, there's one thing for what's what are announced speeds and what are real speeds. Right. But yeah, they, they talk about 10 megabit, 20 megabit, Jesus. like... Yeah. Network speeds out of the uh, out of these things, and but, and 4G, not LTE. Well, 4G is fourth generation, right? Right. That's the whole. They, that's where that term comes from. It's that they're hardware generations, and they've they've planned them out. It's part of the whole ITA uh, specification. LTE is a particular. Is this the 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 term stands for long term evolution? Okay, and yeah. and so it's just okay. This is the one that the, the the real statement is there will be no 5G. We are now at LTE. So you don't have a speed for me for 4G. It totally depends, right? You you won't get consistency. Here's what Wikipedia says. Anyway, 4G is the fourth generation of wireless standards, successor to three and two. Requirements for 4G standards, setting peak speed requirements for 4G service at 100 megabits for high mobility communication, such as from trains and cars, and 1 gigabit for low mobility communication. So that's the upside of it. That's, you know, that's when you get speeds up to, which right. is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's not a marketing term. That's not good for marketing people. No. Speeds but it's up to. Because you're never going to get those numbers, actually. Because up to includes really freaking slow. <laughs> well, you, you're exactly right. The big thing I like about LTE is that it actually brings together CDMA and GSM. Yeah. Like that's sort of the big, because this is a common network. It works for both. You'll still have your CDMA antenna in there if you're with Verizon, or you still have your GSM antenna if you're with uh, T-Mobile, AT&T. Mm. Uh, but it's a common network between the two of them. And over time, you know, they're gradually going to take the older net, the older antennas out of these newer phones, yeah. and you'll be using this all the time. But it's an evolution, right? It's yeah. not easy to do. It's exciting, though. We're, we're in a good place. Well, with all the infrastructure and everything else that they've built, they can't just go in and say, okay, well, we're ripping that down. We're doing this now. So, I mean, yeah. they've got to sort of roll it over and, and, and implement it you know, as, as they can put the equipment up and as they can get it all online and get it stable. Yeah, antennas aren't cheap. Not at all. money. On the other hand, it's, we're coming to appreciate that the location is the biggest asset. That yeah, where you right. are able to put antennas, because try and get a new antenna put up anywhere. Yeah. That's the impossible thing. 
Actually, um, our company does do that contracting for uh, some of the carriers, and we go hunting for places where you can put antennas. And it's a big job to try and yeah. find a place you can load an antenna. And Hunter is your last name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, very nice. <laughs> Sorry, brought the conversation to a screeching halt there. Didn't mean to do that. Do, do, do. <laughs> Well, a bit of a random conversation, but I'm glad we had it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, it was very cool. It's all it's all exciting. It's all good. And uh, Microsoft stock is up, apparently. Yes, that's very nice. That's nice to hear. Well, and, and Apollo looks compelling. I'm excited. It is. I mean, from what from what they're showing and and you know what what all of these uh, these leaks are showing, it looks like it's very very exciting. I'm I'm excited to see what ends up coming out of it. And uh, uh, also, you know, some of the stuff I know that. Is going to be very, very exciting. I'm really looking forward to the next release of the phone. Uh, not to say that there's anything really wrong with this release. I think w- with this current release, they did an awful lot to, uh, to plug some of the, uh, issues that were, were plaguing seven when it first came out. Um, so it is, I find it to be, um, you know, much more, uh, a much better development experience than originally seven was. Uh, there were so many apps that I couldn't even think about building, but now mm-hmm. uh, I've got a lot more flexibility in what I can do. I mean, yeah, there's still things where I'm sort of building a workaround concept to what I originally wanted to do, but uh, I think they're I think they're coming along, and I'm looking forward to what the next release brings. Awesome, Atley. Thanks for coming back. Always happy to. Maybe next time we'll talk to you after it ships. Sounds good. All right, we'll see you next time, folks, on the Tablet Show. It's not too much, but it needs a lot. Just try.